for SEN America. This is the SEN NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Garraway, and sitting across the desk from me is absolutely no one. It's a dark and desolate place in the studio today. Um, but we do have on the phone my normal co-host, James Arthur. G'day, mate. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, mate. How is uh, lovely Las Vegas? It's, uh, look, it is Las Vegas, so it's exactly what you expect it to be. Everyone wants a dollar out of you, but it's, uh, it's a pretty cool city. Absolutely fantastic. Today, we'll be uh, heading over to the newsroom. We're going to take a bit of a look at last week's games. Uh, we'll jump over to Chris's betting corner. Now, if you were betting with us last week, we were 5-0. and oh. Last thing, we'll take a look at some of the upcoming games for next week, some of the ones we'd like to take a look at. Uh, so let's get over to the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast. Now, James, I did have you on Suicide Watch a little earlier this week when we learned that All-Pro Des Bryant is sidelined for up to a month. Yeah, look, it's it's certainly not good news. Um, when you lose a player of that caliber, it can never be good for your offense. However, you know, at the game on the weekend, they, they handled it all pretty well without him. So I'm not... I'm not too upset. Hopefully it's only the first kind of four games and we get him back after the bye. But at this point, who knows? So just hopefully a, a quick, quick recovery for the big man. Now, I don't know if you've seen, mate, they brought in Hakeem Nix, Nick Toon and Bryce Butler for workouts. And they actually signed Bryce Butler. Uh, sorry, they traded for Bryce Butler traded after bringing in traded. the other two for a tryout. Um, undisclosed pick, I presume something around the fourth or fifth round, you'd imagine. It's a fifth-round pick if he plays in six games this season. If not, it's nothing. So basically the Raiders were possibly going to cut him, and it was a, hey, you can have him so you don't have to claim him off the waivers, I'd assume. Um, but that's, yeah, that, that's pretty fresh news over here. Don't know a lot about Bryce Butler, but I can't imagine him being too much of an impact. I think you'll, they'll look to, uh, I think his name's Devon Street, number 15, the wide receiver. He had a terrible play in the game, which we'll get to, but... He, um, yeah, I, th- I think he'll take a lot of Des Bryant snaps, but clearly they'll be looking for guys they already have to step up, mainly Terrence Williams. Yeah, but the only thing I know about him is he's a burner. He's got really like it's he's like a, a four four four, um, even four three hand time. So that's about all I know about him as well. He's big too. He's, he's about six four, so he might become that that kind of red zone threat. Which you know, Terrence Williams is a big guy, but he doesn't catch with his hands, so he's hard to throw those fade routes to. So I think that maybe they'll use him in that kind of role because you don't really need to know an offense to run a fade route. Yeah, very true. Now, I'm sure you also saw uh, that Terrell Suggs tore his Achilles. A uh, bit of karma there. What do you reckon? Oh, look, he's he's obviously such a premier player. I, I saw they also brought in Justin Babin to replace him today. Jason Babin, sorry, who's, you know, a, a veteran pass rusher. So hopefully they can get something out of him, but... Yeah, it, it it is a bit of karma. He's such an idiot, that guy. So, and you know, I'm sure all the Ravens fans will hate us bagging him, but he, he's been so dirty for so long. So, it, but he he did this a couple of years ago. If I'm if I'm not wrong, did he do the same injury? Um, oh, I'm not sure to be honest, mate. He might have. Um, I do know as you mentioned, he missed the season that, playing basketball. Actually, that does sound familiar. Um, and look, I think, I think it was the same thing. So yeah, that's. You know, I think it, it, it might it might derail his career. He's, he's pretty old now. Yeah, it puts him out for the whole year. And, you know, if they can suck a little bit of life out of Jason Bowman, he's 35 years old out of the Jets, um, and he couldn't make their roster with that front four. Um, 
you know, with any luck, he might be able to give the Ravens a little bit of something. Hopefully. He's a proven pass rusher, which is they're hard to come by in the NFL. Absolutely. Now, another one that um, caught my eye was Terrell Pryor had a workout with the Patriots, um, obviously switching from quarterback to wide receiver and couldn't make the Browns roster, but it looks like um, the Patriots might have a spot for him. Well, it was, I was surprised he didn't make the Browns rosters, and I've been surprised by a lot of the moves the Browns have made, which isn't unusual because they're not a great organisation. But the Patriots, I was actually watching something about it today, about them. there's no... They've made no, um, you know, they haven't said they're going to sign him. They've worked him out. So we're interested to see what happens. I, I really hope he gets a shot because guys that big and that fast just don't come around that often. Agreed. And actually, I thought he looked good in the preseason. I thought he'd actually make it. I, I, I was shocked when the Browns cut him. Honestly shocked. And he didn't do a lot in the preseason, but he didn't play a lot. And what that made me think is that they were kind of going, oh, let's save this guy so no one can watch him. Mm. Um so I, I was surprised that the, the Browns cut him, but as I said, the Browns make a lot of odd moves in, in my mind. Certainly do. Uh, Reggie Bush, calf strain week to week. That's obviously good news for uh, our best mate, Jared Hayne. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Jared Hayne should be buying him a, a gift basket with some fruit and stuff in it because uh, he's going to get a few carries now, because of it, which is, is good for Jared, who, who wasn't too bad in his first game, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But he was, um, yeah, he, 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 was, he was a bit impressive, but... Reggie Bush at this point of his career, I don't think he's a huge loss. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I thought Carlos Hyde looked outstanding. Is the yeah, starting he running back? Like he's good. Uh, and an interesting one that jumped out at me was the Falcon sign, former number one first round pick, uh, Jake Long, to add some uh, bit of backup to that offensive line. I think you'll find he'll come in and start because I watched that game and he didn't. Their pass protection wasn't great. I know the Eagles are a pretty good front front seven, so I, I think he'll come in and end up starting um, probably at the right side. I think they'll keep Jake Matthews at the left tackle spot. Well, it was certainly a concern of ours going in for the Falcons that they would you know, have problems uh, uh, protecting... I've gone so blank. Um, Matt Ryan. Protecting Matt Ryan and getting that running game going. Yeah, well, they, they certainly didn't run the ball very well on the weekend. I, I think he's the former number one pick, Jake Long. Yep. So he's obviously had a lot of problems. It would surprise me when he left Miami how little respect there was for him in free agency. Um, and then when St. Louis cut him after a year, I was surprised as well. So, you know, it, it's just odd. Sometimes those guys, they, they thrive so much in a certain team on a certain offense, and when they leave that, the other clubs just don't want them. Um and he, he is ageing, so, look, I don't know how big your deal would be for the Falcons. I think the Falcons' offence is really good, and if they can get a running game going, they could be something really special. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree, and if they do get that running game going, I'd be happy because I might not have lost to you in fantasy this week, because it turns out I did. Um, we'll be moving... I bring that up. <laughs> yeah, you can bag me about it later. Um, <laughs> coming up next, we'll get over to our six packs of observations from the weekend. I'm Eric Wallace of the North Melbourne Kangaroos, and you're listening to the SEN Football Podcast. So a new segment for us. We're going to take a look at a six-pack of observations. So three good, three bad. Now, Maddie, our mate Mackay, who's very unwell at the moment, he sent me over his. So, James, you got some more. Feel free to jump in with him, mate, and um, I've got mine as well. The first one of Matt's surprise, surprise, is how Tom Brady and the Patriots performed on Thursday night. 
Uh, yeah, talk about having a chip on your shoulder. That's exactly what Tom Brady looked like. He really stuck it to the league and, and to the Steelers. And the Steelers look terrible, especially defensively. They are not up to it on defense. And that's the real concern I had for them going into the season. And, you know, it's only week one, but it's preseason they were terrible. And week one, it's kind of confirmed. They're just not a great defense, especially on the back end. Yeah, and... Their offense didn't look explosive either without Bell in the backfield. No, and and, and D'Angelo, D'Angelo Williams, isn't it? He he, he looked great. Yeah, so, I thought he looked in the I, first I, half, but it drifted in that second half. Yeah, he, he died off a little bit. Look, the Patriots are a premier team, and and with Tom Brady, they they are they are the, they're the best team. There's no way around it. He is just such a good quarterback, and I, I watched that game start to finish, and he was incredible. He controls the offense better than anyone else in the league. Um, yeah, but the, the, the Steelers have real trouble on, um, on on defense. Yeah, yeah, I'd be inclined to agree. Now, the first good thing I had written down was Buffalo, our man Rex Ryan, rolling Indy. How great was that? It, I... Their defense looked awesome. And again, unlike the Pittsburgh Steelers, what surprised me about the defense, their back end, filled with a couple of young guys, they look really good. Aaron Williams, who, remember last, last offseason, they let Jarius Bird walk, and they, they said Aaron Williams is our man. He looked fantastic at safety. Their pass rush is unbelievable. They didn't even have Marcel Darius for that game either, so they've got him to come back too. Um, yeah. I, I think they'll go in. I think they'll, they'll beat the Patriots. It is at the Bills, so I think they'll get them this week. But, you know, I'm, I'm starting to dread leaving them out of my, uh, my postseason predictions. I'm glad to have him in, but we both had Indian too, and they did not look flash. Andre Johnson looked old. He couldn't separate. Yeah, and so did Frank Gore. Yeah, neither one of them looked very good. They, they're signings of a team who figure they're, they're almost at the, at the hump, and that would put them over the top. And I don't know, it did not. I mean, it's week one, it's overreaction um, week, of course, but they did not look flash. No, and the, the thing I said, yeah, we've got them in the playoffs. Because their division is crummy. Did anyone else in their division win? Patriots won. Patriots won. Patriots won. Lost. Oh, we no, talked. Sorry, Indy. Indy, man. Yeah. Um, they, they, I no. think they all lost. Yeah, it's a terrible division. Exactly. So the, the Colts are going to make it purely because they have Andrew Luck. When we discussed them in, in the preseason, what we said was their offensive line isn't a great offensive line. And it just shows Andrew Luck can't do everything. He was getting pressured the whole time by the best defensive line in, in, in the league. And, you know, and, they was, and they were missing probably their best defensive tackle. So like, it's, it's, it's amazing. When you, when you look at these teams and analyse them, that's what we said, that they have a poor O-line. They're going to have to overcome that somehow. Now, they'll make the playoffs, but can, maybe instead of bringing in Andre Johnson and Frank Gore, they should have done some rebuilding of the offensive line. Yeah, or give their first-round rookie receiver more play. Exactly. I, I, it, it all doesn't make a lot of sense to me what they've done in the offseason. And defensively, they, they didn't look great either because um, Jackson looked outstanding um, at quarterback. He, he could be... Rex Ryan might have made a really good call with him. Uh, Tyra Taylor. Taylor, Taylor, yeah. Taylor. I don't know why I thought him Jackson. Taylor, yeah, he, he looked outstanding. Yeah, and look, that's a team who's been down for a while, but they've got lots of pieces and lots of stuff to be excited about. Um, the next one, speaking of uh, new quarterbacks, Maddie had down Marcus Mariota's historic debut 
as he destroyed my crappy, crappy bucks. Yeah. Uh, did you watch it, Rich? Did yeah, you, I watched it. it. I went back to it oh, after I watched the Red Zone channel all morning. And do and you know what? I will say one thing. Winston's he wasn't as good as Mariota, but he wasn't that bad. He threw a couple of bad passes, but he, he looked okay at times as well. I don't think you can analyze him and say he's bad yet. He looked fine, and it's the same thing with Mariota. Mariota could come out next week and be terrible. The real problem there is, what is Lovey Smith doing with that defense? Because that's supposed to be his thing. Yeah, exactly. He's done nothing but, um, you know, he's a bit like Rex Ryan. He doesn't go anywhere near um, the quarterback meeting room. But the D looks just awful, and he's brought in a bunch of his mates from Chicago who were all terrible as well. Actually, I was listening to around the NFL, and Chris Wesling had a great point saying he's so sick of coaches coming to new teams and bringing in mediocre players and using the excuse of they know how to run my system. How about you get some young players and teach them your system? Yeah. You're that good a coach. Let's, let's do some coaching. You know what I mean? Chris Conti is a guy he brought over. He was terrible at Chicago. Why did he think he'd be better in his system at Tampa Bay? It, yeah. it just makes no sense to me. And he's on the hot seat now. Oh, I, I could not agree more. The yeah, And I agree. I mean, Wesley knows his stuff. But that is – you see it all the time, and it's so bad. I mean, what makes people think by flying from, you know, the windy city down to sunny Florida that he's going to get any better – you know, yeah, as, exactly. as Dennis Green once said, you know, he is who we thought he is. He's no good. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what it is. And, and, and we've, kind of, we've kind of buried the lead. Marcus Mariota was fantastic. Yeah. He was accurate. But his release, that, his release is so quick. Yeah, quick release. Um, I think someone said Dan, he had a Dan Marino-like release. His footwork was outstanding for a guy who apparently couldn't play under center. He looked mighty comfortable under there. Um, he's big. He's really big. He can see over the line, and he makes really accurate passes. He, he looked great. Uh, the only thing he only threw the ball sixteen times, so it's, it's not a high volume. And the other person we need to talk about is Kendall Wright, the wide receiver, who looks like he could have a monster year after he finally has a quarterback to get him the ball. Yeah, he 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 looks really really sharp. Because that ball was coming out on time and on target. And that's what it was. Every time he'd get into his steps, whether it was a three-step drop, five-step drop, seven-step drop, he'd hit that back foot and the ball would be out. And the system worked well. You know, do you think Tennessee are going to be any good? Um, well, I said during our previews, I think they'll win more than they did last year. Um, I think yeah. they'll be better than Jacksonville in that division. But I don't yeah. expect them to win, you know, eight games. No, and I, no, neither do I. And I think Tampa Bay are, are bad. I think their defense could be historically bad this year if that's what Tennessee did to them. That O line is equally as bad as that defense. Oh, it, they're just yeah. But they haven't. I can see what they're trying to do, but it's going to take time. And I just hope that Winston can wait that long because young quarterbacks, if they're getting hit, if they're making mistakes, and a guy like Winston who loves to sling it around. His confidence could be gone by year one, and and, that's and what yeah, I they never recover. Happen. Tim Couch style yep. when he first came exactly. into Cleveland, and, and David Carr when he first went to the Texans. Yep, you know, it, it's just it happens all the time, and I hope it doesn't happen to him because you know, I, I kind of like him. I think he's got all the ability in the world. He just needs to 
probably get some better players around him and, and, and go from there. Their O-line's bad, though. Yep. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, you want to talk some Johnny Football up in Cleveland? I do. I really want to talk some Johnny Football. I am so glad he came into the game. Did you see Josh McCann get himself knocked out? Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, just... And this is the problem with the Browns. They're already saying that they might not start Manziel this weekend. It just it blows my mind how you can... And it's the same over in Houston with Brian Hoyer and Mallet. How do you not go with the young guy? Yeah. Give him a chance. What have you got to lose? The only what people who got it... Yeah, the only people who got it right was Rex Ryan by putting yeah. in Tyrod Taylor. The other two exactly. got it wrong. Exactly. He could have so easily just gone, nah, Matt, Matt Cassell's the veteran, I'm going to start him. But he didn't. He's taken a chance... And, you know, Tyler Taylor could stink next week. We don't know. But so far, it's worked really well for him. I just don't see the upside in playing Josh McCown this season. No, look. I, just, I, I don't get it. Johnny was far from perfect. Far, far, Not far from perfect. But he gives you something to be excited about. You know, runs around, makes plays. Look, the turnovers are bad when he's rolling out of the pocket and he's hanging the ball out like a loaf of bread and it gets stripped off him. It doesn't look good. But... There's more there with him than the other options they've got there. There's more there with him than McCown's ever had. And, and this is the problem. When you've got a, you know, they're rebuilding their O-line well. Their defense looks okay. Like, by no means did the Jets win that game easily. It, all the points were scored in the last five minutes. So it, it wasn't a blowout. It's, I, just, I don't know how you can not start Manziel this week, and it, it will frustrate me. The same with the Texans if they go back to Hoyer this week after benching him. I, just, I don't get the decisions that coaches make. Go with the young hand, play some upside. Yep. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is how's them Rams? Yeah, look, their deal, Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle in the league. I'm calling it now. He was incredible. Nine tackles, two sacks, four tackles for loss. He lived in the backfield. But Seattle have some real concerns on the O-line. They're more than real. They are, in their face, massive concerns. Because, and we discussed this in the preseason as well. I love talking about when we were right, Richard. It's so good to talk (laughs) about. You don't just trade away one of the best centers in the NFL. And get away with it. it. You don't just get away with it. No, and you let Carpenter walk. Who was there? Who was a sol- and By no means was he a superstar guard, but he was a solid starting right guard. You lose two guys out of those five. It, 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 there's going to be ramifications, and we saw it on the weekend. And I don't. I think it will hurt them. They couldn't run the ball as effectively. Marshall Lynch looked slow. Yeah, he had 18 and carries Marshall for 73 yards. Yeah, I, but why didn't they run the ball the whole game? I think it's because they were down. I mean, they were leading it at quarter time, but after that, it was all one-way traffic for the Rams, and then the Seahawks scored, what, 18 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, my my least favourite player in the NFL, Kerry Williams, had a really good strip sack and, and fumble touchdown. Yeah, on the but blitz. It was a good play. It was a good blitz, but it didn't make up for the... 15 catches he gave up, which I called in the preseason. He's not a good football player, and they need Cam Chancellor back. He is the heart and soul of that, that secondary. Yeah, they attempted 41 passes, the Seahawks. Wow. I, I, I did not know that. that that's, it's sickening when you think of that team. 
Heckled yeah. there. And, and, and what, what did Jimmy Graham have, four catches? Uh, Jimmy Graham finished with six catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown, a long of 19. So they didn't really have it. Obviously, the touchdown's important, but he didn't have a huge effect on the game. No, Curse had eight uh, catches for 76. He was the only guy who outperformed him for the Seahawks. Okay. And that the, the kick return, was it a kick or punt return from Lockett? Uh, catch me off guard, it was a punt return. The yeah, one for the touchdown, will. I presume you mean. Yeah, he is fast. He could be something pretty good for them. So, look, this, it's the first game of the season, but maybe we were a bit wrong about the Rams. I think their defensive line, is it could, it could win them games. But in saying that, they still give up 31 points. So And a know, lot of it at the like, end. Yeah, and I didn't think Nick Foles was that impressive, to be honest. I didn't really find him... He was just exactly what he was like in Philadelphia in a, in a worse system. He just gave it to the guys. Devon Austin was the man who stole the show in my mind. Finally, can they work out a way to use that guy? Yeah, it still remains to be seen. I mean, they they need to give um, you know a higher state a call and ask the head coach, hey, how do you get it to him? How do you use him? It's, he, he scored on a running touchdown. If it's that hard to get it to him throwing the ball, why don't they just put him at running back? Yeah, I mean, he finished up with four carries for... Um, 17 yards, but the um, the touchdown was practically all of those yards. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was it was surprising. When he got to that edge, I thought Bobby Wagner had him on the edge. We all know how much I love Bobby Wagner, but he just jetted past him, and he's the best sideline-to-sideline linebacker in the league, and he was way too quick for Wagner. So it, it, it's, it, it's, it's the same deal with Kadaryl Patterson over in, in Minnesota. You've got to find ways to get these athletes the ball. And, it, you know, you always say, why can't they get him the ball? Maybe it's not always the coach's fault either. It, it might be a little bit of the player. Yeah, and the last thing I want to touch on on this game before we move on is the run from the short yardage to Marshall and Lynch, and they still didn't get it, is that traded out O-line. holy O-line. <laughs> it's all the O-line. It is not the coordinator's fault. It is not Russell Wilson's fault. It is not Marshall Lynch's fault. Every one of those defensive line, linemen penetrated through the, through the O-linemen. You can't do that, especially when you're running a slow draw play. You know, they, they might have to change the way they hand the ball off because you need to get it off quicker. But it's not, the, it's not anyone's fault but the O-line. They all got beat on that play. And that's what happens when you try and run up against a really good defensive line. They make plays. Agreed. Moving on, your Dallas Cowboys. Tell me about your whole day, mate. Tell me about well, the day. It starts off in the morning. I was pretty excited. I annoyed the hell out of my wife. She basically wanted to have... She'd had enough of me by about midday. Um, <laughs> well before kickoff, I, then. Yeah, I'm walking around trying to find clothes to wear, trying to buy stuff to wear. I was, I was, like, a, I was like a little kid. We get to, to Jerry World. Have you, have you been there, Rich? Have you been there before? No, I've only been to the old Texas Stadium. It is the most fascinating place I've ever been to in my life. You, you think you see pictures of it and movies of it and everything. It is better than anything you've ever seen. It is the most unbelievable thing. If anyone goes, I suggest you do the tour because we did that on the Sunday. It's amazing. The amount of things that go on there, it will blow your mind. They do motocross there. They bring in trucks and do motocross. It's just it's an unbelievable place. Um, we get to the game, great Great seats, obviously. I'm on the, I think I was on the 35-yard line on the Dallas sideline. 
Um, every seat's padded beautifully. There's a towel on every seat for every person coming to the game to swing in the air. I ended up stealing about 15 of them as I left. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, it wasn't a good game until about seven seconds left. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, well, I'm not sure if you had your phone on you. Is practically our, every member of the Rangers was trolling you. Um, it was looking like you were going to go down. I will say when... Romo made sorry not Romo when Eli Manning made that terrible play on fourth on third down in, in, in the on the goal line, I turned to Sophie and I said, "They've made a big mistake here because Romo will win this." And everyone around us who were leaving the ground, all the Cowboys fans who were who were walking out, I sat there going, "This is I, I think Romo can win this." And the first play when he when he dropped it off to Dunbar for thirty yards. Yep. I was looking pretty I was pretty proud of myself and God he was he was fantastic not only on that drive the whole night. He was unbelievable. Not one of the interceptions were his fault. No. And no tip balls and, and things know, like that. If the Cowboys had, had lost that game, everyone would be saying, Oh, we're right, we're right, they're not that good. The Cowboys dominated that football game from start to finish. They had a, a terrible fumble that went straight to Cromartie for a touchdown. They had an interception which was bounced off a guy's hands and landed straight in the other guy's hands. And they had another one that went straight to him and he took it to the goal line, which then they punched in. They only scored one offensive touchdown and they started the drive on the one-yard line. That's the only offensive touchdown the Giants scored. The Cowboys dominated in their defense. I will say, Sean Lee, he is back. And, my God, I love watching that linebacker play. Yeah, he, he gets just, around. He, he, was, he, he was very, very good. When they get McLean and McLean and Hardy back, this defense could be something really good. I don't think it'll be a, a top five defense or anything of that caliber, but it'll probably be, it'll lurk around the, the the tenth in the league mark. And if you have a good offense with with a good defense like that, it, I think the Cowboys are going to be just fine. I was really worried going into this game, but even if we'd lost, I, I still feel okay about them. Going a little football nerdy on that fourth down after the Giants stupidly stopped the clock with an incomplete pass. Yep. My thought, I was sitting there and I was saying, I'd go, go for, for it. it. Run yep. the ball. If you don't get in, make Dallas go 98 yards to win or, what, 60-odd to tie Yeah. in about yeah, a minute because you'd run some more time off. Um, I just don't know if kicking the field goal and... Well, yeah, what I... they should have done is if they'd ran it on the third down or if Eli Manning had just taken a sack, they could have run another 40 seconds off the clock. They would have kicked a field goal with about 50 seconds left. And then I don't think the Cowboys would have had time to score. As good as Romo was on that drive, I just don't think he would have had time to score. In saying that, though, he didn't spike the ball once on that drive. No, because he didn't have to. And he, he because of the time that was left, he could use the entire field to throw the football. If they'd started that drive with only about a minute on the clock, maybe a bit under, they would have had to throw to the outside yeah, or they would have had to spike. Now, Yeah, like a spike can take about 10 to 15 seconds. They would have yeah, only had time for... Away, which is important. Exactly. They probably would have only had time for maybe five or six plays max. Absolute max. I, I think the, the other Giants blew it. Thing. Yeah, and, and Coglin said it well. It was so easy. Romo just, as soon as he... He just knew what he was doing. He is such a good quarterback. I, he, now he's the only NFL quarterback I've seen live, and you know I'm sure they're all really good, but I've never seen someone get rid of the ball like him. 
he just it comes out of his hand so quickly. It's it's incredible to watch. And that that final drive, he was just it, it, he was unbelievable. And when he hit that touchdown to who else but Jason Witten, it was all without Des Bryant, mind you. Can we just put that into perspective? Yeah, who was well? there already out? Yeah, it, it's it's just it, it, it was unbelievable. The, the, I've never heard noise like that in my entire life, uh, ever. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard. And then everyone's trying to rush back in out to the stands after he gets a couple of first downs after everyone had left. Um, but once, once you leave the stadium, they don't you let you back let, in. can't get so back people in. Were, yeah, people were waiting out the front. Um, the, the walk back to the hotel was, was, was something pretty special after the game because there was a lot of happy Cowboys fans and a lot of really sad and aggressive New York Giant fans. The last game I want to leave on, and speaking of something that's a bit sad, Peyton Manning and the Broncos... Looked pretty ordinary in that uh, win over the Baltimore Ravens. Have you seen Peyton Manning's stats for his last nine games? I'm sure they're going to be ordinary. 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions in his last nine games. Yeah, he, he looked awful. He, he can't throw the ball anymore. It didn't look I'm, like it. I, I'm going to make a big call. I think they will go to Osweiler at some point this season. I just I can't see them not they're, through they're not, injury. Their, their defense is great. No, not not through injury. I think they will bench Peyton Manning at some point, um, unless they fake an injury. I'd, I'd, he's just he he has no velocity. Every ball he threw was a duck. Now some of them were really accurate ducks, but they were ducks nonetheless. And the Ravens have set a precedent for how guys are going to play him. They just sat back in zone watching him, knowing he hasn't got the arm to throw it in there anymore. Yeah, I, I thought. I thought their D looked awesome. The Broncos thought their D looked so good. Um, Both defenses. I think that they could potentially be two top five defenses that we watched. Yeah. Now you've got the Ravens um, going pretty deep. I didn't think their offense looked. I thought Flacco looked ordinary. He did. He he didn't have a good game. But I think at, at this point you just don't know how good a defense the Broncos are. If if they they could be the number one defense. They were the number three last year, and they've got nothing but better. Um, Akeem Talib is. Such a good cornerback. I think my concern with the Ravens will be their receiving core. I don't. I think Steve Smith is just he's a little bit done. Yeah, he, he, he can't I take he, he can't take the top off it anymore. No, he can't get away. From, and Talib played on him the whole game and smothered him. And Akeem Talib is a great cornerback. So I, I think both defenses have it all there. Good to see Demarcus Ware get a sack. He looks like he's going to have a pretty good you know twilight of his. The twilight of his career over in Denver, just being a part-time pass rusher. Um, Von Von Miller's obviously a freak. They, yeah, I, I think they're two really good defenses. But the, the story is, I, I think Peyton's done. I, and I said to you on the weekend, we'll talk about our fantasy game. You got to, you got to bench him there too. I, I think, I think he's done and dusted. Yeah, I've got to turn to uh, Carson Palmer, who I left twenty-five points sitting on the bench. And um, that bombshell will be moving on. Coming up next will be Chris's betting corner. Listen, here's the thing. If you can't spot the sucker in your first half hour at the table, then you are the sucker. It's time for the second edition of Chris's Betting Corner. J.A., you are finally involved in this. You weren't involved in last week, so Matty Mackay took your place. How are you going, buddy? I'm very good, Chris. I have missed you, mate. Like The desert's missed the rain, buddy. Oh, that's cute, mate. That's cute. So... <laughs> Matty McKay was in your place last week. He 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 did some good things for you, mate. And your uh, your five grand that I uh, put in your bank account at the start of the season. 
How, how am I sitting now? He rewarded you. Maddie went three for three last week. That time he did something for me, that guy. <laughs> he also took, uh, he's got Cooper for Rookie of the Year as well. Amari Cooper. Yep, so we'll know how that one comes out uh, in about three months' time. But Richie, um, you, you also did well, Richie. I did. I went two for two. Um, Both of you. And I'm still confident that Gruden will be the first coach fired. Um, oh, he's done. He's might, gone. Yeah, it might take me a few weeks to get that one paid off, but I'm feeling good. Now, What, what about Love? Sorry? What about Lovey Smith? He, he could push for that one. Yeah, I might have to hedge my bet there at some stage if it keeps looking bad. Now, Maddie has put his bets in for you off, from his sick bed. I presume you don't have any odds in front of you, even though you're in Vegas, you're in a hotel room. Um, are you happy to go with Matt's, or do you want to throw in some of your yeah. own? No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go with them. All He's right. got Atlanta over the Giants. So he's doubling down on Atlanta straight away. Right. Yeah. I think he's starting to realise, I think you, might, you guys might all realise that I'm a bit right about Atlanta. By the I think, way... I think they're okay. So I'll, I'll just go through really quickly before we actually do get into I'll go through some of the rules that I've put in place for this segment as well because... But there needs to be rules, otherwise it'll be anarchy. So $5,000 last week I put into a virtual bank account for each of you. Last week, uh, Manny Mackay took over your bank account, JA, but uh, you're back in control this week. Uh, you can put as many bets as you would like each week, providing at least three return at uh, the week's end. So we've got to actually get some stuff going um, and so we can talk about it the week after, pretty much. Each week, you have to put at least $100 on the line as well. And if you wanted to make a futures bet, you can only bet up to $100 on those future bets. So them's the rules, gentlemen. Now we can get into those bets that we mentioned before. Okay. Well, Richie, who, who, who have you got? Okay, my first one is the Seattle Seahawks have to go to Green Bay. Now, they do not want to go 0-2 because... Most of the time, you'll miss the playoffs if you do. So they'll be desperate for a win. But I kind of think they might lose. So I'm going to take Seattle Seahawks plus the three and a half at a dollar ninety-five. That means they can they can lose by more than three. Is that what you're saying? They can lose by up to three, and I'll get paid. So oh, lose so by a field goal. You think Green Bay going to get so a field goal? Yeah. So I want the three and a half. Okay. Well, Maddie's slash my first bet is that the Atlanta Falcons. Over the New York Giants, two dollar ten odds, which surprised me because I would think the Giants would be a lot. I thought I think Atlanta are way better than the Giants. He's got five hundred dollars on that. He's very he's very uh, happy to spend my money. Clearly, and five. Maybe I married him. I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) And Richie, you were telling me five hundred dollars for that first bit of yours as well. Yep. Uh, My second one: Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. I'm now completely taken over by Mario De Fever. I think they're going to win straight out. Dollar eighty-six Tennessee over the Browns. I have three hundred on that. Lazy three hundred. Nice. That is in the book. Richard, I really hope that you get Johnny Manziel. <laughs> I got <laughs> a few years ago. I got Tebow three weeks in a row. I didn't gamble for six months. <laughs> uh, my my second bet is. And this, actually, this is Maddie's bet. I am not going to be a part of this. What's well, your money? Denver so. Broncos over the Kansas City Chiefs. Do not like it. I think Kansas City are, are all right. I think what price is that? Two dollars forty-three. He's got five hundred on it. Nice. 
So he's going... He's... The record show, I'm not a fan of that one. Well, Maddie's taking a bit of an outsider there. Uh, my next one... Hey, you're, you're the one that's, uh, that's saying it out loud, mate, so you, you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you're sponsoring yours. it completely. Don't get all booky on me, Christopher. <laughs> it's written down on my piece of paper. It's written on my notepad. It's done. <laughs> all right, my next one is James's Dallas Cowboys plus the five points at Philly, dollar ninety-two. I'll have 300 on that. 300. Nice. You're saying that the Cowboys will lose. No, I'm saying they might win, but I've got five points of backup in case they don't. Ah, very clever. I like this. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big better, Richard, as you know. When so you get, when you get, that, that's why you're lucky I'm only giving you $5,000 of uh, virtual money and not actually making you use your own money. Hey, I'm going to ride on the craps table, so that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last bet is San Diego Chargers at Cincinnati Bengals. I actually really like this bet. $500 on the San Diego Chargers, paying $2.47. I think that's pretty good. I, don't, I think Cincinnati played a pretty crappy team in the Raiders the first week, so I think San Diego might get them. How much money did you say you put on them? 500 500 again. Did Beautiful. you catch the second half of that Chargers game at all, mate? Uh, no, I actually didn't see that one. They looked really good in that second half. They started slow, but um, Woodhead sort of got going and, and Rivers really got going and they just steamrolled them. Rivers is a really good player. I've got, I've got a lot of time for Rivers. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So those bets are in the book. We're taking no long reaches this week. We're just doing the uh, bets for the coming weekend. Yeah, no futures bets. That's no all right. No futures this that's week. That's fine. That is not a requirement, so that's fine. So taking a tiny little bit, quick look at next week's games, um, Jay, there's a couple that have jumped out at me, and you can let me know if there's any that have jumped out at you. First one that I want to take a look at is Pat's Bills. I reckon that's one of the games of the week. Yeah, huge game. I'm really interested to watch that one. Um, who, do you, who have you got? I, I think the Bills will get them, purely because it's, it's, at, it's at home for them. But I think they could be two pretty good teams that will go deep in the playoff. Yeah, and the Patriots often drop a divisional game early. Um, but... I don't know if this will be the week. The weather's still good. Um, I, I think that Bills D is really good, but I just don't know if Tyra Taylor, that inexperience, can get over the top of um, get over the top of a Bill Belichick coach defense. One of the other really important games this week is the Seahawks at the Packers. Yeah, look, I'm not. Sure. I don't know the exact stats, but I know that Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown an interception since round eight, two thousand and twelve. That's, at home. In, that's incredible. Yeah, he he is dynamite in that field, on that field. So, uh, look, I don't want Seattle to lose because I think it will be really difficult from them, for them to come back from 0-2. Um, but I just can't see them beating Green Bay. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And it sounds silly in an NFL season if you went down 0-2, you're practically done because it's such a long season. But the NFL season is so short you really can't afford to go down 0-2. Most of the time, a team, if they do that, they are going down. Like They won't yeah, make the playoffs. If you go 0-3, no one's ever made the playoffs from that point. Yeah, you're absolutely gone. You just can't afford to drop games early. Speaking of that thing, another one that jumped out at me is the Broncos-Chiefs game. I think this could sort of set up who's going to be leading um, that division. It's, it's going to be a real tight game, I think. Were you impressed with Alex Smith, Richard? I know you hate him, but he was pretty good. 
I thought he was good. He was fine. But he will yep. get a much tougher task against this Broncos D. Absolutely. Travis Kelsey looked awesome as well, the tight end. He, he's fantastic. Um, I don't know. Who have you got in that game? Who, who do you think? I, I, I was think the Chiefs, but who, who do you think? I think the Chiefs at home will probably get it done. Yeah. Look, the other game that I obviously have a lot of personal interest in is Eagles, sorry, Cowboys at Eagles. If the Cowboys can pull out a win there, which it, it, it's hard to win in Philly. It's a pretty hostile environment. Um, if the Eagles fall 0-2, um, you know, a lot of my predictions could be starting to come back to haunt them. <laughs> Look, and it was the last one I had written down as well. You're right about the Eagles fans. They're the worst fans in the NFL. I mean, they booed Santa Claus for God. You know, they are the worst fans going around. Are they worst for Niners fans, gang-bashing uh, Minnesota Vikings fan? Um Look, that wasn't flash either, but Philly fans, their record is a lot is a lot worse than the Niners fans. Um, I, I think it'll be a big ask for the Cowboys to go in there and win. It's why I took took the Cowboys plus the points. Um, and not having Dez obviously isn't going to help. But the Philly D just did not look very good, I thought, last week. And I reckon the Cowboys have got every chance to go in there and take that game out. I think it'll be a shootout. Um, but in saying that, but their offense was good. They looked great, the Philadelphia Eagles' offense, on short fields and when the defense got them turnovers. I just, I don't know. Like, I know the Cowboys had a couple of turnovers on the weekend, which, which almost cost them against the Giants, but if they can be safe with the ball and they don't really need to run the ball as well because they've kind of got this short passing game going, which is working as a running game, I just... I don't know, but as I said, I'm, I'm not confident. Any time you go into Philadelphia, and Philadelphia are a good football team, it's it's always going to be tough to beat them. But and Philadelphia should be desperate. But I just there's something about Philadelphia that I just uh, I, I just don't think they've they've got it. Yeah. Okay, um, mate. Where are you going to be next Wednesday? Can we get you online again? Yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to. I'll either, I think next Wednesday. Um, I'll be in beautiful, sunny Hawaii, just just sunbaking, my, my big barbecue belly out on the beach. It'll be, it'll be something pretty pretty fantastic. I was going to say, nobody wants to see you sunbaking, mate. That's a horrendous image. Yeah, but, but Sophie kind of levels me out because they see her and they see me. And no, like, they don't see you after they look at her. That. Yeah, exactly. They no, look I'm, at her and then they're satisfied that's it, they and then they just there. continue walking on, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Chris, I expect that from Richard, but not from you. <laughs> well, what better place to end the show this week? Um, Jay, thanks for joining me, mate. I'm glad your holiday's going well. Look forward to getting you back in the studio in a couple of weeks. Um, for our producer, Chris Tyler, helping us out as always. Thanks very much for listening. Got a great slate of NFL games this week. Uh, enjoy them all. We'll see you all next week. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.